Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 13 of the Arts Academy podcast with Victor Bernardo and Roxy Hayes. How to make a TV pitch deck with special guests, Drea Andy Bolt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Arts Academy podcast. I'm Dean Victor Varnado. Uh, this is my deputy headmistress, uh, Roxy Hayes. And as our guest today, we have Drea, parentheses, Andy Bolts. If, uh, if, yeah. if you search online, you'll find her under Andy Bolt. But Drea's coming, yeah. coming, coming strong, coming up strong. The new Drea is coming up strong. Drea just uh, starred in the most recent episode of The Great Fantasy Debate, which Woo! is... A- which is Supreme Robot Pictures, the company that I and Drea both produce with, and we made that show. Roxy also made the sigils. She, I don't know if you knew that, Drea. Roxy oh, made the, I did. yeah, that she made the great. sigils that all the uh, different groups has. That was so, bad. Those were it's a big, it's a big Supreme Robot effort. Uh, everybody, everybody rocks. Anyway, so let's get available to now it. on Facebook. Yeah, it Watch. is available on Facebook. It may be a little hard to find, but it's there. Search for the great fantasy debate. You'll see it. Uh, and so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to, one, we're going to talk about how to make a pitch deck. And then two, we're going to talk about how to sell a TV pilot. Now, the reason that uh, Drea is here to talk about how to sell a TV pilot, because I have actually never sold a narrative TV pilot so far. I've sold I've sold uh, specials. I've sold... Uh, reality shows or documentary series i've mm-hmm. sold uh i guess what are you what would you call the format for something like funny because it's true what would that format be i would say that is an unscripted hybrid unscripted hybrid formats yeah. so i've sold i've sold all that stuff uh yeah. drea has sold uh sold uh narrative pilots anyway so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about both the tv pitch deck actually kind of applies to both Quick overview of a TV pitch deck. Uh, what a TV pitch deck is, at least the way I look at it, and then please jump in if you have your own opinion, uh, Drea. But a TV pitch deck for me is kind of like a hybrid between like a mood board and like a PowerPoint presentation telling people what the show is. It's basically like a a very visual uh, expression on 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 paper or PDF, or in this case, most of the time digitally, of what your show is. And it answers all the questions that the person that you're pitching it to has. Uh, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, like the number one thing that you do when you're pitching to people or you're writing something or you're making a trailer or whatever, is you answer the questions that the viewer may have. So if they're going to be asking, well, what is LARPing? Like if you're pitching a show about LARPing, which I did, then you're definitely going to have a section in your pitch deck that explains, this is exactly what LARPing is. Uh, and, and Yeah, we, you know, actually, when, when mm-hmm. I sold, I sold um, uh, the half-hour series I sold was about nerdy girls, and we actually, at the beginning of the pitch meeting, we gave them a short sheet that had LARP, it had cosplay, it had mm. all these, and then we had the definitions, and we made them, like, kind of funny, but very clear, because mm. this was, like, 
2016, we were pitching this and nerd culture was not nearly as wide known as it is now. And, and it's good to have a niche market over something, but yeah, knowing that you, if you're going to be sending off questions in people's minds, how you can answer them in a creative way. And in mm -hmm. the pitch deck is like such an opportunity to say a thousand things with one visual. And the main reason that a pitch deck is so important is because, uh, again, I'm saying this, I know I've said this before when we we're talking about other things like making a trailer, but a pitch deck is important because when you give it to somebody, when you give your pitch deck to a development executive, they have to then take that information and turn around and pitch it to somebody else. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the better you supply them with uh, great material, the easier it's going to be for them to turn around and sell it to their higher ups. And it's uh, a communication tool because you know, like, oh my bad. When, oh no, go ahead. What you well, no, no. Uh, I was just asking is a pitch deck, the, the pitch deck and the pitch Bible is interchangeable terminology, right? No, it, no. Not, okay. That's what no, good question. A, yeah. A, a Bible, a Bible, especially, I mean, and a Bible, I think most people are referring to narrative shows when they say a Bible, but it does also have a place in non-narrative work. But a Bible is usually like taking everyone through like what a season or series might be. It, and then also it it lays out exactly like who the characters are. It builds the world. Like a Bible is like... The reason they call it a Bible because it's like an everything of, around a series. So like if you're a new writer on a show, as soon as you get added to the show, you're going to want to go read the Bible, which is like, uh, it'll have notes from the writer's room that were conversations that had that didn't make it into the show. But you're going to want to know about those conversations that were had so that you can be up to speed on the conversations. Like, so you're pitching in line. But so, yeah, Bibles are people do use that term a lot, which is mm -hmm. kind of, you know, thrown around. But people will use that term of like, oh, are you pitching your Bible? Because in a good pitch, you'll have, you know, you'll articulate what the arc of the season will be. And yeah. oftentimes you need to be able by the time you're done with a pitch, they need, you know, there's a bunch of questions that need to be answered. But one of them is how can this last for five seasons? How can it be 100 episodes? Because syndication you can't be syndicated until you sell a hundred episodes. Uh, people don't want to buy a TV show unless they can imagine it can live for over a hundred episodes. So there's all these things that answer the questions. But when he's, when Victor's talking about a pitch deck versus a pitch Bible, then there's the pitch. So it, so it really, it's like the deck is the visual representation that is like, got the main highlights like the elevator pitch so that like Victor's saying a development executive can be like I really like this idea I need somebody to get on board with it really quickly I know they're not going to read the whole pilot I can get them to get a feel for what the show is what the sense of humor is what it's going to look like what's the vision of it and that can be a communication tool that gets that across but then once you get that across once people are interested in the idea well, then you're talking about what is the actual pitch of the show. Got you. So the pitch deck is like basically how you're selling the show. And then the pitch Bible is explaining what the show is. Exactly. Like, okay. Yeah. Like if you're in a position where you're making sure that your Bible's all together, you've probably already sold your show and you're going to be staffing your room and you've got a writer's assistant who's putting all that together for you, you know, but I always like to say that um, selling a TV show is a lot like running for president. So if you're going to be president, you need to be good at president. 
jobs, the job of being president, but you also need to be really good at campaigning. Mm -hmm. And some people are really good at campaigning, but they're not necessarily good at making TV shows, which is why you have a lot of bad TV shows, you know, you could argue, but their campaign was really great. And then there's a lot of people who have really great TV shows and they're like, my script is good. I don't get shit about the selling process, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, the campaign is just as important as the show, but they are two different art forms. Like the art of the pitch, by the time, by the time you shoot your pilot, a short sheet that had, oh, that's okay. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, yeah, I'm just hearing myself back there. Uh, I had accidentally clicked the, the page, but continue. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, so it's like, by the time you sell your show, by the time you're actually shooting the pilot, it's going to be so different and, and really accepting that it is a process and that, you know, being okay with being like, oh, I know that this one image of this movie does not 100% articulate the tone of what I'm going for, but it gets me close. But it's just the idea of like, you're trying to communicate to your friend what's happening in your mind. You wanna have the clearest communication possible. Visual representation is always helpful. Like, and that's what the deck is for. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And very quickly, I wanna point out that today, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to show you I'm going to show you guys out there. One, I'm going to show you like how I, how I basically write a pitch deck. I'm going to show you the actual like Google Doc that I use to write a pitch deck. And I'm going to show you a pitch deck that I made from that Google Doc. This is a show that hasn't sold before. This is a show that's actually kind of like stalled because of coronavirus. But it's a really simple idea. Uh, and the reason I'm showing it to you, because a lot of times people are afraid of showing pitch decks. They don't want people to steal their idea. But this mm -hmm. is like a very simple I this is like a very simple idea, but it's kind of more about the execution, which is why I have no problem showing you this. It's a show called Terrible at Pool. And then Secondly, I'm also going to show you a pitch deck to a show that is previously sold and it is sold with the information in that deck. And we can look at what that deck, look, deck looks like. And that is Realm of LARP, which you can actually search for online right now and see a couple of episodes of. Uh, so let's just start with uh, the Terrible at Pool deck, shall we? Actually, I got to share my screen. Here we go. Sharing screen. Terrible at Pool deck. Boom. All right. Here we go, everybody. We're into it. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> I love technology. All right. Okay. So uh, when I do a pitch deck, uh, when I do a pitch deck, I basically, like I said, I think about what people's first questions are. And people's first questions usually are, okay, what is this show? Okay. And so then I always have an overview an overview that kind of explains like, okay, this is this is the basis of what the show is. And with Terrible at Pool, the idea is it's a half hour comedy series where people are playing pool, but basically you just have comedians as the commentators because at uh, in most pool tournaments, they have people playing pool and they have people like doing voiceover commentator, but instead we're gonna have comedians as commentators and they're just gonna be roasting people about their pool skills and about their bios. Like if they're a waitress, they'll be like, here's a tip. Sink the ball next time. Stuff like that. Exactly. And so it's the whole idea is just people who are terrible at pool getting roasted about their pool skills. Uh, then I really just go down the list and try to answer questions. Okay, so after the overview, what are they going to ask for this particular show? It's different for every show sometimes. So for this show, it's like format. I want I want people to know like what the format of the show is, what the style is. Um, and then 
terrible at pool is the same style as a, a pool competition show. I'm just answering these questions. All I'm doing is like thinking, if I were looking to buy this, what would my questions be? Uh, and then, of course, this is basically going through like a basic format of the show, what challenges on the show might be, uh, what pool tips, what, or sorry, the pool tips is one of the challenges on the show, uh, what the awards on the show might be. And it's really super, super basic. It's basic because it's not really that hard to tell people what the, the, the nuts and bolts of what a show is about. That's not really that hard. What is difficult is to make them believe you can turn it into a show. Make them believe it can be a show. That's the hard part. Because every, every show that you watch on television, even like, look at, look at, uh, look at Entertainment Tonight. People talking about entertainment news, okay? That is really easy to tell people what the show is. Like, it's a new show all about entertainment. But if you're pitching it as a show, what you're going to need is you're going to need something like a deck to show them exactly what you mean. So let's look at the pitch deck for this terrible at pool show. Okay. And okay. it's, imp it's important. I'll just like slow you down here a little bit. That That's like fine. this this is an example of what you're pitching as a format also. So right. formats are something that like American Idol, you can do in any country. You know, this is like a genre mashing format where you're taking what works about roasts and comedians hanging out and giving each other and like mm -hmm. that vibe that happens at bars. But then also you're adding legit sports like a cooking show. You're going to get tools and, and, and tips and stuff, but also... Like I can imagine segments where it's like you have to hustle people. Like what's like what's a tip on how to hustle people, you know, like that mm -hmm. also goes into pull culture. So mm -hmm. it's like your mind starts asking these questions and how they can be segments. And you're you're starting the person's telling you about the show and you're starting to paint a picture of it in your head. And then they also show you visuals like this, you know, so like just just putting who's ever listening to this kind of in the seat of the development executive of how they're receiving the idea. They're trying to think about how the audience is going to receive it. So there's a lot going on consciously between both people, even when you're presenting the idea. So that's why it's important to like, you know, be clear about what your show is. And this is very clear. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's another thing, like part of my goal, like when I'm making when I'm making a pitch deck, especially for like the cover of a pitch deck is for them to look at it and go, oh, cool. That's really that's all there is to. Yeah, you want to get it. <laughs> exactly. You get it right away. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it's it's just like and, and and also don't don't think that you have to be a master of design to do this, because when you're pitching you can use whatever copyrighted material you want to pitch. You can use anything because you're not, you're not airing it. You're not, you're not making uh, money off of it. Yeah. That. You're not, you're not making money off it other than like your cell. But if you're pitching a mood, you can use any copyrighted material. And in fact, that's done normally with uh, feature films where mm. uh, people will cut together, they'll cut together bits and pieces of other movies to make a faux trailer for a feature film that they want to make. Mm. Ryan Johnson is really good about that. The director mm. who did star Wars and looper and he's got his, uh, they're called, um, what are they called? Ripomatics where you like rip things from other things, but you can like get an actor to do a voiceover and you cut together this trailer that gives you a sense of what the story is going to be and what it's going to feel like. 
And oh, yeah. yeah, Ryan Johnson has those up on his Vimeo channel if people want to go check those I'll out. I'll go ahead and link it. I just found it. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean cool. that's great i mean and they're i mean they're they're fantastic tools that's yeah. like awesome okay and so this is basically just taking what i just showed you and turning it into actually i think i can just yeah click on it and move over so it's just like it really is just all the same information but just presented very very simply i always look at these like a coloring book uh the reason i think of it like a coloring book because sometimes the person that you're pitching it to is not like the development person who has to turn around and pitch it to their higher ups. They're not going to be uh, always the the best representative of your idea, but they are the representative of your idea and that company. You pitch to them, they pitch to other people. And so I like to make them super simple, like a coloring book, very pretty, nice colors so that it's easy for people to digest. And if it's easy for people to, to digest and understand, they feel smart and they feel like they can pitch it to other people. Uh, it's a little bit of stupid psychology, but it definitely, definitely, definitely works. Uh, well, we could get, we could dive deep into the oh, psychology yeah. of the pitches. <laughs> yeah, you could go on. Yes, you can yes. go on forever and ever. We are talking very surface level here, but uh, you yeah. know, it's important that you understand what a Jedi mind trick is. I think oh, yeah. if you want to be in television. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to note here that this this uh for this project I didn't have a we don't have a trailer yet. We haven't shot any footage for it yet. However, what I what I did do and what I what I actually was going to do was I was going to cut together a trailer with actually actual tournament footage and then record voiceovers of people talking shit about them because that would be an easy way to like demonstrate what it is with uh, very little cost. But I do like take shots of tournaments because like when people, cause uh, this is a thing where like a uh, terrible pool is a format that I, I, as I envision it, I know it works and I know that people will understand, but they don't necessarily think about what a pool tournament looks like themselves. So I make sure to include images of that because once people see the images of a pool tournament, then they remember. Then they're like, oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it looks like. I'm really just like helping them, right. helping them uh, understand my idea. Yeah, especially because you're mashing two genres together in mm -hmm. a way that a lot of people have wanted to do in the past and failed, you know, mm -hmm. like bringing sports and comedy together. But but, you know, the question they always ask for every pitch, whether it's unscripted or not, uh, is why now? Like, why does this show need to be bought and put on television now? Why is this what the people need? Um, and two, like, why is it personal to you? And I know your personal story with pool is a great selling point in a room, Victor. <laughs> but also... Um, you know, the why now it's like, I just saw like trailers for that Bear Grylls show where he's doing his outdoorsman style stuff show, but he's doing it with celebrities. And so there's like this comedy element involved. Mm -hmm. And I think that right now people are looking for escapism and mm -hmm. comedy and it's genre mashing in a way where you're not used to seeing these two things together, but they do work separately and they can work together. But what you're talking about is not asking the development executives, not expecting them to do that math oh, because exactly. their minds have a ton of things to do. So if you have, if you're sitting at home and you have an idea and you're like, this is a no brainer, it's so freaking obvious what it is. It doesn't matter if it feels incredibly obvious, do the math in a fun way that's eye candy so that they don't, their minds do not have to, cause they're doing lots of math all day, you know? Absolutely. Uh, also, 
interesting fact. A lot of times when you're actually in meetings and you bring these decks with you, they don't really look at them in the meeting. They just look at you and you True. sell them. Yeah. And then they take the deck with them. The deck is often just the same information that you pitch live, but mm -hmm. just formatted in a way where they can take it to other people. Like a lot of times they don't even, they don't even look at it. Uh, but you, it, you have to have it. You must have it because they'll need it <laughs> for later on. Uh, and here, this is just like segments that could be in the show. I have two pages of segments because I don't want to make any page too cluttered and too full of nonsense. Uh, and it's just, it's just really like a very simple visual representation. Now, we could go into like uh, the software that he used. I, this one I used the uh, Google Slides to make because it's really easy for me to make stuff in Google Slides, but people use PowerPoint. I mean, you can use anything you want to. You can use Photoshop. I, I used to make them all in uh, Adobe Illustrator, uh, but yeah, you could do them in a bunch, a bunch of different ways. I right. also I also just want to point out that mm -hmm. when people, you know, I had the idea that maybe people might be asking, like, how long should decks be? Um, what's the length of things? And really, for any show, the the answer to that question, I was always uh -oh. know what they're talking oh. about. Um, am <laughs> I? Did I lose it? You disappeared. You disappeared. And you came back. Anyway, I don't know if you can hear me. I we can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear us? I lost people. But it wouldn't uh, happen. Hold on. If you can't hear us, reboot here. Let me let me try to talk to her through chat. Hold on a second. Hold on. Or she can reload the page. She may have lost con um, here. I'll let me uh, text to while, her. While we're fixing that, uh yeah. I want me to <laughs> I can sing, which I need me to do. I don't know. <laughs> No, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Jedi mind trick because we have a yeah, question. Yeah. Please do, because I wanted to know about that as well. I know it's more like, I guess it's that's So when you were saying the Jedi mind trick, that's more of in the meeting, like you're kind of trying to force them into <laughs> understanding what your whole thing is about. And that's the whole thing behind the deck, basically, right? Well, no. I mean, what I'm saying, oh, I can hear her. Yeah, you can hear her, but uh, so Tatunde wanted to, Tatunde wanted to, wanted to talk about the Jedi mind trick. The Jedi mind trick is, uh, is well, here, here, here it is very basically. Um, very basically, oh, we've got Drea back. Okay. Yay. Okay. We're talking about the Jedi mind trick a little bit. One, a person asked if they could, we could talk a little Yay. bit more about the Jedi mind trick. Uh, what we mean by the Jedi mind trick, or, or I'll say what I mean, and then Drea will say what she means about the Jedi mind trick. Uh, Egos are wrapped up in all forms of entertainment. Everybody mm. wants something. Up oh, there, she. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be back soon. Everybody, uh, everybody, everybody wants something in uh, in entertainment. And if you're a if you're an artist, you may want recognition. You may want to be a star. If you are a if you're like an executive. If you're an executive, you also may want recognition. You may want to rise up the ranks. Uh, it's just that the what I consider the Jedi mind trick is recognizing what people want and make, and then you make it seem like your project will help them get that thing that they want most, whether it be with their company or in their own personal career. It's always about selling your project in such a way that makes it seem like they can get that thing that they want. That's what I think the Jedi mind trick is when I'm selling. How about yourself, Drea? 
Oh, yeah. Well, Jedi Mind Tricks is a full spectrum, right? The yeah, right. has the light and the dark. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I think mainly for me, I just mean it in a sense of like, be aware of energy and be aware of the room, you know, like mm -hmm. comics are really good at pitching TV shows because they know how to, I won't say all of them because it is a completely different skill. And I've seen a stand-up comic who has a really great script and then he just tanks when he talks about it. And I'm like, well, it lost all the life out of it. You know, it is, it is a totally different skill, but it's, it's being in the knowing that, like Victor was talking about, they want it to be good. They want this to be the show that they can take to their boss and it can be on air for 10 years and they found friends. You know, like mm -hmm. everybody wants you to do really well. So that's part of it. But also it's like, they're not just buying a TV show, they're buying a relationship with somebody. Like I sold a TV show to a studio that we wrote the pilot, you know, had showrunners produced a, produced a pilot presentation and then it didn't go. But like, you're working with these producers and the development executives at the studio. That was a five year long process and that show didn't even get bought. So then if it got, you know, it had gotten picked up, you're spending 10 years in like multiple hours a day with these people. So when you're in that meeting, it's like, it's not just a sale meeting. You want the relationship to be good. They want the relationship to be good. The show being good is important, but you're not gonna be in that room if you don't have a good show and everybody's got good shows. So it's like, once you figure out what is the show that you wanna do and make sure it's the one that you're the most passionate about, that's the one that everybody wants. Passion is a form of the force, right? Because, mm -hmm. because TV shows take forever to get made, the reason they want it to be the one you're the most passionate about is because they know you won't give up on it. Like when it gets hard, if it's the one that you really want to have made, you're going to stick it out. But um, you're also, it also feels a little bit like a first date. And there are some Jedi mind tricks there that are, you know, like if you have, if you have a sitcom that you think is a single cam sitcom and they ask you, hey, would you ever think about making this three cam? On one hand, they might be asking that because they actually want to make a three camera sitcom because those make lots of money. So if they can do it, you should always say yes to that question. But two, they're also seeing what are you like to work with? Is this idea, where are you married to parts of this idea? Where are you not? And I've seen people be like, oh, I would never make this a three camera sitcom. No way. I'm not even going to entertain the idea. And that answer is a question. That's a Jedi mind test. Mm -hmm. Because now they know that that is how you take their ideas. So in a way, they're asking you questions, but sometimes they're just seeing how you are to work with, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, and if I you will... reject something, they're like, oh, well, you're going to just reject things all the time instead of saying, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. I'll think about it, you mm -hmm. know? I will say this. I know that there are a couple of comedians karate. who are watching the show. Yeah, this karate. <laughs> I know that there's. I know there's a couple of comedians that are watching the show, and I'm a comedian myself. But I can. And uh, one thing that it, that relates is, you know, like when you're doing comedy and you put the audience at ease in such a way mm -hmm. that almost anything you say can make them laugh. Mm -hmm. that's that's what people are looking for in the meeting they want to feel comfortable yeah. with you and at ease they feel like you can make in, in like like you can if if you make them feel that you can make any show and make any show great then you can sell anything because 
that's just part of it. That's why that's why you hear about like big names selling shows that are just ridiculous and they go on for a season, and they go off for a season because people believe that they can make anything work because they've done it in the past and they just feel comfortable with them. And so if you get those people that you're pitching to to feel so comfortable with you, then they will be in your corner forever and ever and ever. Yeah, um, and you know, if you're a comic watching this, if you're if you're at the place where you're doing enough comedy, like maybe you've written on TV shows or whatever, there you know, where you're really going to learn this skill, where I feel like I really learned this skill and I've consulted for talent agencies, coaching the agents on the meeting, coaching the clients on the meeting, because it's a whole, it's a whole song and dance, you know? Um, by the time I take shows out, I have it rehearsed, but then it's all off the cuff and I am improvising and I'm going with where the meeting is, but I know how to get my idea across. And in a way where, I'm not asking for anything. I'm like, I'm just here to tell you about this thing that I really love, you know, and it just happens to be really perfect for you. And I just happen to answer every question you could possibly have. And now at the end of the meeting, they're yes. Anding your ideas. That's a really great meeting when at the end they're going, Oh, Hey, what about an episode like this? Or like, Hey, what about that? Instead of asking you questions of, so how can this be a hundred episodes? So, so what is the character's arc? You know that when you're getting those kind of feedback that you lost them instead of them writing the episode with you through the episode, enjoying your pitch, they're thinking about how it can work. And so they don't get to enjoy it. It's like when you're watching TV, you don't want to be thinking about how they did the special effects. You want to be believing that the magic is real, yeah. you know? And when you're pitching, when you are coming in pitching your show, the show is an extension of you. You're really just selling yourself. And who cares if they like it or not? It is like a first date where, you know, like you're saying, Victor, with the standup, it's like, Make the if you're really comfortable with who you are on stage, then they can relax. It's like a first date. Like if you're just really comfortable with who you are and you're not trying to like, you know, get something from somebody, it's like then if it's a match, it's a match. If not, at least you had a couple of drinks, you know? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you got some, you got to share some ideas, you got some feedback on, but there's no losing. You got to get the idea out of your head that you that you can be rejected like that is its own journey. Good luck yeah. with that one. But it's like then all we're talking about here are communication tools. And then once you get those tools down, once you figure out how to write a good show, how to communicate the pitch and what the what the deck of it is, you know, then I think. The, the secret is that they don't tell you, you got to believe that you're a Jedi and that you deserve to sell a show because I think that's really where the Jedi mind tricks are because like, if you don't believe you can sell a show, it ain't going to happen. And it's really interesting how I have worked with so many people that you're just like, this is a no brainer. People are going to buy this. And they're like, I don't know. You know, I just, and it's like, no, you walk into every room the same way, like, you know, mediocre white guys walk into a bar and get laid. It's like you walk in and when, and if you get a no, you just know that that's one step closer to a yes. You know, ladies and gentlemen, let us stop you. Drea. (laughs) (laughs) So, Let's let's wrap up this first part. I mean, because we are kind of getting away of ourselves about the pitching process, because we just wanted to show like what a pitch deck is. Because mm. I want I want each one of these episodes to be kind of like bite size. But let's just regroup really quick here and just show once once again. Remember that this is how I usually start with an outline that I do in like some sort of document, and then I add visuals for that. 
and it becomes something like this. And I'm going to show you a pitch deck for uh, something that has all that has actually sold with the pitch deck, and it's uh, Realm of LARP. Okay, so Realm of LARP uh, is a series uh, that I made in the past, and it was on uh, the Nerdist Network on YouTube. And it was all about LARPing. One of the things I like about uh, using Google Slides is that you can use animated GIFs, as you can see right here, where like this is like alive, and so uh, that's great. And so Realm of LARP, uh, again, the cover is the cover is nice. They look at it, they're like, cool, great. And then you can go into you can go into the deck, which is again like an overview of what the show is. But then I also just like grab amazing images from online to really like showcase like the style of what I think the show is. With Realm of LARP, we also had already have a uh, trailer made. I'm not going to show that to you today, but uh, yeah, we made a trailer that goes inside the digital deck. So basically, I'm it's like all in one place. Mm -hmm. It's really easy again for the person you're passing it off to. Yeah, and and so. Again, when I'm saying like I'm thinking about the person I'm selling to, the questions that I'm answering, the show is Realm of LARP at the beginning. This is what the show is. But then I can go straight into the trailer because the trailer is really strong. And so I go to that next because it just basically shows them what the show is visually. And this is what they're most likely going to show to other people. Uh, then from there, I go with everything else, like the premise, but that's actually already covered in the trailer a little bit, but this is like a little more detail. And they're going to want to read some more detail. Like if they like the trailer, then they'll read the rest of this. It goes into what the show is and so forth and so on. It's exactly like, it's exactly like the other deck, except just maybe a different color scheme and a different format. But uh, you get it now. Right? And then write, yeah. And then write as you can. You can feel the flow of your deck, and for each show, it doesn't. It, there's no like, oh, the sizzle comes first or the sizzle comes second. It, it it comes when it is best to communicate that specific idea. And so, what I like about that deck is right about the time it's like people are like, oh yeah, I know what LARPing is. Oh man, this is a whole lot of fun. I really want to buy this, but wait, is there an audience for it? And then you have that page that just answers the question. Yes. LARPing is popular around the world, you know, right as you anticipate the flow. Yeah, that's that they're going to have that question. It's like, boom, that's answered. And again, it's it's that same feeling you were talking about, Victor, where it's like with an audience, they're a little bit tense and then you relax them a little bit. You know, oh, absolutely. Because if they have questions, if they have questions like that and you never address them, mm -hmm. then that's a that's a problem. That's a mistake with your pitch. If you're if you're skipping over just like simple questions that any person might have then you you need to redo your pitch mm -hmm. so so and when i did my very first pitch actually i think the very first deck deck that i made was realm of larp like but that was like years and years ago and um and the way that i got from zero to making the realm of LARP deck was i first i went out to a friend of mine who had made decks and i was just like please 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 can i look at one of your decks i just wanted to see what they did already. I asked people who had sold stuff, just like I, I emailed people like crazy. I just went anywhere and just asked, can I see what your deck looks like? And then I used that as a, as a jumping off point. Uh, and then the whole idea, at least, at least like answering the questions that the audience might have. I, I don't, 
I don't know that I've heard it said that way specifically, mm-hmm. but I know that's something that everybody does. Everybody's always trying to anticipate the questions that the person viewing is going to have and trying to answer those questions in their well, materials. Well, should we run down real quick the questions that they definitely need to have the answers to? Sure. Yeah. Um, like this is something that CAA tells all their clients and and pretty much any, you know, Obviously, anybody who says they know exactly how to pitch, like they're kind of lying because it's always ebbing and flowing. It's always changing and it's right for whatever the show is. But um, the questions that are always going to come up is why is this personal to you? You know, uh, people want the project that you have a personal way in. That's how they know it's grounded. That's how they know it's the one you're going to be passionate about. And even if it's a show that you don't think you have a personal connection to, ask yourself the question, find the personal connection. There is always one and people have got to know it. People want to know why now, like why this has to be on the air now. And again, you can find a why now. Go find an article like, oh, because this, because van life is trending. That's why I have a show about van life, right? Like you find, you find the why now, because again, if the executive really likes their show, they have to get their boss to green light it. They have all these projects that are really great, but only some of them have to are for this moment in time, you know? So it's like the more you can whittle down to the top of that stack, you check off all the boxes, like inclusivity, like you got to have diversity in your shows now, you know, <laughs> like it's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a no brainer now. Um, but yeah, so, and then, and then if it's scripted, they want to know what the show is, what the arc of the season one is, what's the characters arcs, what are a couple of episode ideas and how can it be five seasons and all of that answered in a way that feels like you're reading an episode of the show. Uh, definitely. That's great. And actually, I think you kind of half answered this question that came up uh, from Kazim. Cause, did I say it right? Kazim? Oh. It was basically it was basically what you were talking about, like how do you pick things? Uh, but he he, uh, Kazim is also talking about, uh, you know, based on what you what your feelings are versus what is selling right now. Like how do you make decisions on what you want to pitch? Um, I do want to end the first section of the podcast and start in on the interview for the second half of the podcast with you, Drea. You can find us at artsacademypodcast.com. 